We are four ordinary Americans who happen to be atheists, talking about current topics and religious nonsense. Welcome to the Profane Argument. And welcome to the 27th episode of the Profane Argument Podcast. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. And I just have a really quick story that I thought was humorous. Louis Gohmert, if anybody is familiar with him, he's apparently a congressman from Texas. He, on a recent uh, radio show, that's what it is, Mm. (laughs) he was talking with interviewer and conservative activist Janet Porter about anti-LGBT film Light Winds. An anti-LGBT film? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Correct. Uh, apparently, the, that film features Gomert and some other Republicans like Rand Paul, uh, Mike Huckabee. I don't know why Rand Paul's in the list. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, curious about that, but I haven't watched it. <laughs> But the funny thing is, no, it's not really funny. It's kind of just sad and depressing. But he (laughs) talks about how the LGBT movement is going to cause the end of the uh, end of not just civilization, the end of everything. Mm. It's going to bring on the end times. The end of days? Yes, the end of days. Because so, as we all know, the Bible is against the gays completely nobody you know there's the whole sodom and gomorrah thing there's like anything about homosexuality however his point is that the only time that marriage gay marriage was was recognized was in the days of noah and we know how god reacted to that so if we completely legalize gay marriage it's just going to bring on the end times we're going to see all the all the floods and all the pestilence and I thought they wanted the end times, though. I thought that's when they, you know, ascended to heaven. Yeah, I don't really understand what his argument is to this, because mm. yeah, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was the case. This man that's is true. He'll be, he'll, he'll be raptured, and the rest of us will be doomed. No, yeah. this man is in elected office. He's in elected office, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Honestly, believes that this shit's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them that believe this. Yeah. I. No, I know that, I, but that just disturbs me when one comes out. And, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, July of last year, so you, I, you said Louis Gilmore, and I'm like, that's not the guy from TV back in the 1940s, so who is that? You're thinking of Gomer Pyle? I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, God. Shazam Gomer exactly. Pyle? <laughs> like, Actually, he's gay. He kind of looks like him, yeah. No, he just got married recently. What's his name? What is his real name? What is Gomer Pyle's real name? Jim Neighbors? That Jim Neighbors right. just got married. Yeah. He's like 90. I swear to you. I'm not making <laughs> I this up. <laughs> <laughs> big fan is. Anyway, so I looked up Louis Gohmert, and the first thing that I found on his Wikipedia page was in July 2015, he delivered a speech to the U.S. Congress in which he called the Democratic Party to disband due to its historical support of slavery and racism. <laughs> wow. I think on he, a side note, <laughs> I think he lives Jim in the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Married Stan Caldwalder in January 15th of 2013. Oh, I forgot he was gay. Yep. Oh. That's for him. <laughs> so now we've gone full circle with this story. So he's definitely not Louis Gomer. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Louis Gomer, uh, Gomert 
His quote is, We know homosexuality was widespread in Greece and Rome and Babylon, and especially in Sodom and Gomorrah, but that's a little scary that it wasn't legal except before the flood. So he's expecting that the whole world will flood and he won't be blaming uh, climate change. He'll be blaming the gays. So there you go. So... The, but the, but the legal is the thing that skips, that tips the scales, Correct. if I'm understanding mm. this. Like, you can go have the gay sex all you want, and he's fine with that. Just be quiet about it. Evidently. But yeah, like you said, it's just sad that people actually believe in this stuff still. And that those and, people but, are But in our office. country, though. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. if you want to believe it and be my neighbor and not bother me, that's fine. You're making policy that affects my goddamn life. <laughs> yeah, now I've got a problem with it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's just scary. But he's I'm just hoping he so. just he's just lying and just saying this shit because he needs votes for some bullshit re-election thing. Well, who was that guy that we were watching CNN while we were eating dinner or before we started to eat? And there was, I don't know, some Republican idiot on the television frothing at the mouth about how Clinton is the absolute devil because she believes in the white, the right of women to choose. I mean, he was angry about it. Wasn't Alex Jones, was it? I don't know. He has a... a a cleft palate, so he has the, the the scar on his lip. That's all I know. He's a Republican and he has a hair lip. That's all I got. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I saw a video of Alex Jones' head exploding over on how Hillary actually is a demon. Because <laughs> yeah. her, you can see it by looking at her face. Her face looks like a demon's face. Oh come on! And then he started crying. Do you guys know who Alex Jones is? <laughs> no. 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 Oh. oh, okay. I got one word for you, or this might be two words. I don't know. <laughs> Chemtrails. Really big oh. on chemtrails. <laughs> oh, God. So conspiracy theory. Okay. So, but this other guy is actually in uh, an elected official, or is he just a Republican pundit? The guy you're talking about with the cleft palate. He, I think he, he was a um, senator somewhere. Probably Great. Texas. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> At least my guy's just a wacko on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Policy for us. <laughs> so, all right. Enough about Louis Gilmert, idiot. <laughs> so let's talk we, I, that we can't we can't skip trump this week i mean no. it's it's too much so everyone i think everybody at this point has had to have heard about his stupid hot mic on the bus and yes. all the fallout from yes. that i mean it's just it's just so sad but recently today yesterday he has been dropping republican support i mean this they've been dropping like flies mm. Oh, my goodness, they have. Like, tons of Republicans, all of the head Republicans, too, uh, just completely coming out and saying they're not going to support him, they're not going to endorse him, they withdraw their endorsements, and he's basically, he's he's gone rogue at this point. You want to <laughs> the shackles are off, he said. The, sh the shackles are off. Yeah. He can now make America great the way he wants to. Palin thought she was going rogue? No, this is what going rogue looks like. <laughs> so I'm curious who took the shackles off. Did his daughter say... All right, fuck it. Go for it. Say whatever you want to say. Is this what happened? Well, no, a lot of it has to do with Paul Ryan. Sure. He is not happy with him at all. No. He's been slamming him all day. And I guess there's more of them are dropping off. He's just like, okay, that's it. I'm not beholden to any of you fuckers anymore. <laughs> Let me throw more red meat at my base. <laughs> yeah. Why he thinks that's going to help, though, it still baffles me. It doesn't make any sense. I'd say is it one in the primary. Right. It, it's well handled. He he has the best temperament. <laughs> throw, throw a little something his way, and he's just it just rolls off his back. He doesn't spend all day screaming at Twitter <laughs> and calling you every name he can think of. God, that guy's the worst. 
Just two hours ago, Donald Trump tweeted, Wow, at CNN, town hall questions were given to crooked Hillary Clinton in advance of big debates against Bernie Sanders. Hillary and CNN, fraud. He doesn't back this up with any article. Well, he's never backed anything up with facts. Well, you just repeat the same thing over and over again until people believe it. The facts right. are not necessary. Facts are, facts are cumbersome. Yeah. <laughs> Inconvenient. Uh, he's yeah. I mean, he's totally off the rails. He's not going to get any more support except for his base. He's losing some of them because some of them actually somewhat believed what they were saying. They somewhat believed that you know the, the politics in, in Washington were corrupt and that we needed an outsider. And now they're just peeling back the layers and seeing him for who he really is. And he is a crass, obnoxious, misogynist asshole. So yeah, I find it funny though that this is the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. for them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with so much other things out there. I'm not saying that women are any less or more important than Muslims, black people, mm. handicapped. Right. <laughs> Just poor people in general. Right. Women the three other times that he's done this. <laughs> yeah. But, exactly. But um, what, I agree with that statement, though. The, the fact that, I mean, he has said some things that are just completely anti-constitutional. Mm. Right. And, I mean, what he said was awful, but it it's doesn't go against our laws. I mean, obviously, sexual assault, the actual act that he says that he commits, hmm. that goes against the law, but he has said other things that are that would violate the Bill of Rights. Yeah. I don't understand why this is the thing that, I mean, this because thing didn't surprise me in any way. No, because it is the most relatable offense that he has committed. We all have, not all, but, you know, it's easy to hear what he said and imagine that happening to your daughter, to your wife, to your mother, and it just, it's something just inside you just catches fire. Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, the fact that he's just making a mockery of the Constitution and suggesting that he's going to round up his enemies at the end of this election and have them all imprisoned. And uh, the only thing I, I think need you're Trump both for- I think you're wrong. I think you're both wrong. I think it's because he said pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Really? I think it was because he said pussy. <laughs> I mean, we all knew this, but he actually cursed, sort of. And I think that's what set them off. Yeah, but he curses at the, the he rallies curses a all lot. the time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I do have a follow-up question on this because I have listened to the Prodigal Sons podcast. You guys are crass sometimes. I was curious what your opinion is of just of just what he said. Like, do you think it – here's my opinion. I think it went further than your normal quote-unquote locker room talk. First off, he wasn't in a locker room. There were – it was quite obvious that he he speaks this way wherever he thinks he can get away with it. Right. And Bill, Billy Bush is the perfect target, too. I mean, he's the perfect audience for this. He's a, you know, a frat boy who's never grown up. So Right. But, but if you're what gonna, a if you're easy gonna... little scumbag yeah. he is, yeah. he really is, <laughs> really. So, but if you're to answer if... your question, Ray, I don't want to give a little spoiler away for our show coming out on Thursday, but we discussed <laughs> this thoroughly, okay. And the conclusion we came to, and I think Ian will agree with me when I say it this way, is that men do talk a certain way. When obviously when there's women not around, but it's more to the effect of, wow, that girl's really fucking hot or she's man, I'd like to grab her. Ass. You know, I'd like to do this. You know, I'd like to do that. I'd l I wish I could do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never I'm so powerful. I mm -hmm. can do that. You, you know, do you see the difference in what I'm saying? I, yeah. I do. Yeah. So, you know, it's I mean, again, I don't know how women talk. I mean, I've heard stories. I don't <laughs> but I'm sure it's not exactly the same. And I and yes, I mean, you put. 
<laughs> Easy. Don't, don't be so sure. Uh, okay. I have, I've I've seen the most finely crafted marshmallow fondant penis I'll ever see in my whole life. <laughs> I am I am confident it is very similar. Okay. <laughs> that that was a piece of art. <laughs> At your bachelor party. Yeah, bachelor party. party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. And I, and I didn't even see it at first. It was in the middle of the table, and when I did see it, I was astonished. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying that uh, I don't. I, I I do acknowledge that every. I, I would say not everybody, because nothing's everybody, but a majority of people talk in a familiar way with friends and colleagues about sexual things in a graphic nature. However, the specific language in this is where the line was crossed. You know, and like Jared was saying, wanting to, the idea of, oh my god, she's really hot, I would love to fuck that broad sometime, and this is going to happen because no one can stop me, including her, is is the scary line that you've crossed. <laughs> right, right. But there is also a difference in the way I think that women talk about it and men talk about it. With women, it's all about... It, there's more appreciation and less control to it, and less, I don't know, I don't want to say objectification, because that's an overused word. But there, there, there's more of a, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it heads in that direction more, I think. Sure. That was uh, kind of vague, but for some yeah. reason, I feel like I really understood it. <laughs> there is, and again, I feel like you, you got, um, you know, on a, maybe even on a genetic level, women have less of a craving for, you know, power and dominance and yes. uh you know so that sort of thing so there's there's less of that in your conversation but yeah you know it's it's no less the, sexual in nature it's just more you know there's more yeah. it's more appreciative <laughs> sure i suppose i suppose i can i can accept that as as very very likely well the way i put it was i've been in a lot of these types of conversations some of them even in a work environment where it's there there are guys who are uncomfortable because mm. they're like, no, we're at work. You don't, you don't talk like that when you're at work, even if it's just guys around. Yeah. But in that situation, in an actual locker room situation, sure, guys can be really crass. But there is a difference between being very crass and actively talking about how you not only might, but have. And intend to again. Right. Yeah. Committed sexual assault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a ma he can't help it. It's like a magnet. <laughs> yeah, but that was a really stupid comment too. Who's not attracted to beautiful? Yeah, <laughs> like for to be like, oh, I'm like a magnet, man. When a beautiful woman's around, I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, well, who the fuck isn't attracted? To <laughs> oh, and, and make no mistake, that also includes other women. Women include the beauty of other women and appreciate the beauty of other women. And I don't know that that's necessarily true for men. You don't appreciate the attractiveness of other men necessarily. Certainly Correct. not in the we same way. We can recognize way. it. I don't know if we can appreciate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So there is that difference as well. I mean, some of these women that he's talking about are extremely attractive women. And I, I, I can see that. I understand that. The interesting part is, too, is that most women could probably actually capitalize on anything that they have said. <laughs> yeah. With a guy. If, you know, like, I couldn't go, man, I'm just going to walk over there and grab her pussy and just lead her back to my room. <laughs> That's never going to work. 99% no. of the time, that is never going to work, and that will land me in jail. Yeah. But I'd say for a good majority of women to walk up to a guy and say, I'm just going to grab him by the balls and lead him back to my room, <laughs> you're getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, so the prodigal sons do not support the comment, nor the... Uh, 
the way it was said. We do say some crass things, but never like that. Right, exactly. Not in that assuming manner. So my worry about this is that does it legitimize and allow people to talk more like that out in out in the open? Because no. he well, because he is a presidential candidate. He is one of the two people vying for the highest office Probably in the world, actually in the world. You don't think that there are people out there that go, well, if he can say it, I can say it. Yes, well, I think but their I, argument I is, I, th- I think their argument is, is that everybody says it already. What is the big deal? That's the biggest argument I hear. I get for right. Him. That's that is the cover. I don't think it will spark any new because anybody who has that opinion is already doing it. And it's one of the, you know, many, I don't know, kind of smoke screens and stuff mm. that has come up in this election. Like when they try to, make Hillary apologize for calling a percentage of Trump supporters deplorables. <laughs> That's absolutely accurate. Yes, yeah. She shouldn't have to apologize at <laughs> that at all. Some of the worst people, and you know, she didn't say a specific percentage. Well, she I, thought, didn't say, I thought she said half. Did she? Yeah, okay. she did say half. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I'm not arguing that the half is wrong, but for her, it's probably a bit high. You know, to say it yeah. as a political person. Sure. If she would have said 10%, there's no argument. Like, <laughs> I think she had to have been high to have said it, to be honest with you. I don't know why she said that. Uh, it was, was it? I know. Whoever wrote that for her should be fired. Basket of deplorables. Come on. Well, not only that, does does not anybody remember what happened four years ago to Mitt Romney? I mean, right. if you alienate exactly. people, yeah, they'll run right. with it. Well, he was a lot more specific. And he, you know, he said that the actual number of people and the way they took advantage. <laughs> I mean, he was really specific about picking out 47%? all 47%? Yeah, 47%. He was, yeah. And what they did about it, not just that, you know, they were, they think and act deplorably. So at this point, I yeah. I find funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Donald Trump at this point is going to, he's back on the road again. He's talking to the people that feed his ego the highest and he's not going to get any more inroads into. I don't think so. Yeah. I think with all these people jumping ship, I think a lot of the people, a lot of any support that he had of people that were just committed to him because they were committed to the Republican party. Mm-hmm. I think this is letting them know that that it's it's okay. You're not betraying the Republican Party to turning by turning against Trump. Yes, yeah. I think that's what I Paul think, Ryan was saying in Code today. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what I think that's what a lot of them are saying. Yeah, that's well, what Paul Ryan hasn't actually, despite everything he said, and he made it pretty clear where he stood, but he never officially was like, "I'm not supporting him anymore," or "I withdraw my uh, support." Mm. Yeah, he uh, didn't pull his endorsement. He just said, "I'm not going to be going to." rallies for him right. and I'm, right. gonna, I'm going to focus on other things why is yeah. why is the why is the word endorse such a magical word what's what why why does it hold such weight with people because if your guy because whatever district you're in or whatever and you say that then that influences mm. all those people who seem to like paul ryan or whatever you know so with john mccain you know everybody from arizona <laughs> i guess although <laughs> I find amazing is that nine hours ago, Donald Trump tweeted, the very foul-mouthed Senator John McCain begged right. for my support during his primary. I gave, he won, then dropped me over locker room remarks. Why does he keep calling him locker room remarks? He was not in a locker room. He was in a goddamn bus. He's because- fucking 59 years old when he said <laughs> Right. I mean, if he had been, right. been 17 years old, all right, maybe. No, he's already grown. He's a grown man. And he sure. still talks like this. It's not going to change. This is who he is. That's just- uh, I was going to say, but if you're able to diminish what he said by slapping a juvenile title on it and make it sound like it was like, he was like, oops, haha, sorry. <laughs> then, uh, you know, that, that, and it also, pundits- 
you know, the news, people, the internet, they like to have a, a quick uh, catchphrase mm-hmm. to throw around. True. So this, this is, this is where that, that's, that's its purpose. It's to both diminish his guilt and to give uh, people an easy reference. Sure. I can see that. Because people are not comfortable saying Pussygate. <laughs> <laughs> I, and now they're calling it Tapegate. They switched it. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> so I had two other things that I wanted to bring up. The one is the current electoral vote polling numbers. Just uh, this morning, it was at Democrats had 323, according to the polls, and uh, Republicans were at 213. Now it's Mm. 352 to 186. Wow, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It has dropped – Republicans dropped significantly today. Wow. They better find some dirt on her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Trump tried today. So there's this weird story about how – oh, who is it? Uh, Panetta? What's his name? Pandesta? I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Gomer? <laughs> Gomer? Gomer Pyle. No, so Trump was seen on, on his podium reading an email that um, supposedly was sent by one of Hillary's supporters, except that Hillary – and it, it was talking about uh, – Oh, no, no. I heard this story. Yeah. It was supposed to be from one of her aides or the guy who uh, ran her campaign, something like that. Yeah. Someone high up. Except yeah, it's he- the guy that Trump keeps bringing up that I, I don't remember what his name is. Yeah. He, brought, he brought it up at the uh, – at the debate, too. Yes, he did. And it, but it turns out the thing that he was reading was not actually written by this person. It was actually written by a somebody that writes for Newsweek. It, you can go pick up the Newsweek and read it. It's in there. And so the quote he was reading was from a journalist, not from this, you know, Hillary's aide. And he's trying and to a Republican type of journalist, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe he is. So it, the whole thing is is ridiculous. They're trying to find proof, and now they're just making shit up. And the problem with that is that people will still believe them because yeah. we have already determined that truth makes no difference. But again, I'm not so worried about that because the only people who believe that are the people who are voting for him, no matter what, anyway. And they're already the, lost. So yeah. yeah, you can't. There's no turning. <laughs> Those <them> deplorables. Back. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I, I'm 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 with you, Karen. I do I do understand and and empathize because it it hurts me when people because I've been trying to you know as this revs up and gets even closer, I'm, I'm trying to do considerably more research to make sure you know my support you know for Hillary Clinton is justified. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I the more I research, the harder time I'm having understanding why people are even calling this like. Like this, like lesser of two evils race. Yeah, I just don't understand what's so bad about Hillary Clinton. She's. I have asked that question to so many people. She's. She's a little too hawkish for my taste, but that's it. That's really all there is. She's. She's been genuine about her support of children. Yeah. Of all her years in office, you know, I've read countless articles about what occurred in Benghazi and what occurred with uh, the email situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's definitely some, you know, well, not in Benghazi. Benghazi, I, she was, she's clearly done no wrong as far as I can, as far as I can gather. But the emails that they, they make it sound like that's a preposterous number. And it's it's like cause she said they were my personal emails, yeah. so I just got rid of them. I turned over everything they asked for, and everybody's like, "Yeah, I could believe maybe like two, but not thirty three thousand." I'm like, <laughs> "That's over five years." Yeah, I am just a really unimportant schmo, and I get about a hundred, at least a hundred emails a week, personal emails that I have to delete. That's you know, so that's what five thousand. We'll just round to say five thousand a year over four years. So that's twenty thousand emails. 
personal emails that I've deleted over the last four years, and I'm certainly not anyone of consequence. So the <laughs> idea that she did 33,000? Easy! That's yeah. a small number! Oh, yeah. totally, yeah. I'm really sick of the false equivalent argument. Yeah. The the fact that I just just today I had on Facebook someone posted, well, yeah, Donald Trump is a scumbag, Hillary Clinton is a liar and a crook that should be under indictment. So, you know, they they saying they don't know who they're going to vote for. And I just I posted it on there because that's such bullshit. If you look at any fact-checked website, I mean, I, any of them. I know any one that I pick is going to be argued, well, they're all liberal. <laughs> they're not all liberal. But if you look at any of them, every sentence, every time he opened his mouth, he lied about something. Yep. Yes. There was one half-truth from Hillary during the entire debate. And I just don't understand how you can look at that and go, well, obviously she's a crook. Yeah. Because – I think – Trump a lied. lot of these people, again, I mean, I know there's this doesn't go for anybody, but a majority of millennials do not like or trust her for know. some reason. I wonder why. And, well, here's the thing is, and I was having the, oh, this is an exact conversation with someone yesterday, and they said to me, you know, I, I, I don't know, I might just vote for Gary Johnson, Ugh. and I and I said, so you want Trump to win, yeah, right? You know, and I got the whole my vote doesn't count bullshit. I, I can't choose between the two of them. And I was like, I'm like, just sit down, really. I go, tell me what Hillary Clinton did to not deserve your vote. Yeah. Right? Something that's that's provable in court that she did and somehow and as just skating. They haven't brought it up to her. And you can't bring up something that got investigated and was found that she was did no nothing wrong. And they sat there for a while and they couldn't think of anything. And they said, well, that whole thing with the – with Debbie Wasserman Schultz and and rigging the 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 DNC, and I was like, well, she didn't have anything to do with that. And she's no. like, well, you know, she did. And I was like, no, I don't know that. No, you don't know. <laughs> I go, yeah, I'm like, there's no evidence to suggest that. She's like, well, they just wouldn't do that. And I was like, well, listen, I go, I can't speak for Debbie and why she did what she did, but I go, you think there was a secret clandestine meeting between the two of them and they reworked it? She's like, probably. <laughs> and I was like. And that's – so based on that, you're ready to play Russian roulette with our country? <laughs> with the world. <laughs> yeah, with the well, – yeah, I guess with the – well, <laughs> I can't think beyond my own border. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Jared, we don't know that it was Russian roulette. It could have been China roulette. <laughs> China could have been a fat roulette. guy. China. Could have been a 400-pound fat guy playing roulette. We don't that's know. True. <laughs> it could have been one of the – Eight million Canadians that cross our border every day to access our healthcare system. Our awesome, awesome healthcare. <laughs> that was out the note. That was a new one. I had not heard that one before, and that was that a one huge was... pile of horseshit. Oh my oh, god, it was so good. That was my favorite. That was my favorite, along with trotting out all of Bill Clinton's mm. alleged oh. sexual assault victims for personal political gain. Yeah, like what a. An unbelievable scumbag that you would ex that, again. That itself was exploiting those women. Yes, so yes. that he could. Uh, and so he that paid he could, them. Yeah, some of them were paid <laughs> cash. Paid them. Yeah. Well, he didn't pay them directly. I forget who. Somebody paid them. At least one of them was was given cash to show up there. They might actually not get paid. Maybe they didn't do a good enough job for him. Yeah. He tried to get him to sit in his in his family box. And the the uh, the debate people said no, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, come on. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's that's the other thing I get from a lot of people, too. They're like, man, I'm so sick of this thing. You know, it's such a fucking circus. Everything with the both of them is a circus. And I go, everything with the both of them? No. I go, what stunt has fucking Hillary done no. to justify that comment? It's all coming from one end. And they're like, oh, they're both, they're both, it's both crazy. They're both crazy. I'm like, I, I, I go, I just don't see it. And I also, you know, Hillary was not my first choice. No. Right. You know? Yep. But again, I've said this many times. I would vote for a sack of rocks <laughs> over <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump right now. But not so Gary Johnson. Johnson. Not, not Gary Johnson. <laughs> my God. He, he's just, oh, he Gary. is the dumb. Wow. Did anybody see the triumph thing on Hulu? No. no, no. I started I watching and I never finished. Oh no! There's he do. They're they're coming out all the time. There's new ones all the time. Oh, the most recent one is Gary Johnson was on the program, which to me I'm like Gary. I guess <laughs> you've given up yeah. that you're willing to do this. And I mean he's he's doing jokes with Triumph and looking at the camera and hamming it up. And I was like, okay, you've definitely given up. Uh, and then apparently Triumph was up for an Emmy, I guess, for the show that he did on Hulu. And he says, I'm going to bring Gary Johnson onto the red carpet at the Emmys. And I'm going to introduce him to all the media outlets that are there, Access Hollywood, Entertainment Tonight, you know, all those types of shows. And see if any of them know who he is. <laughs> and I shit you not, he brought Gary Johnson up to at least five or six of these programs, introduced him as like, Chuck Johnson, new star of a Hulu show or a new star of a Netflix show. And everyone was like, oh, hey, how you doing? And then turned to trap. No one knew it was Gary Johnson. They even He even said at one point, hey, this is Chuck Johnson. He's going to be on a new Amazon.com show about a third-party candidate running for president and how he gets in there. And the woman's like, oh, that's very nice. Nice to meet you. Hey, Triumph, who are you going to poop on tonight? <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, so when you think man. about voting for Gary Johnson because you're so disgusted by the circus that you see, think about that for a minute. Yeah. <sighs> he cannot win. He will not win. All you're doing is is helping Trump. <laughs> right. Or at least look into the Libertarian Party and what they stand for. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Driver's license for blind people. Okay. Yeah. And some of what they believe in, I can get behind. It's kind of, but they have one platform. Yeah. Abolish the government and privatize everything. That's bullshit. No, you can't do that. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing with millennials. They love to smoke weed. Yeah, they do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they, they, I mean, now that, you know, I mean, listen, let's face it, weed's going to be legal in probably all the states, eventually, hopefully. It seems that way. Maybe not Texas. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, Probably not Utah. <laughs> probably not Utah. Yeah. Utah but, will fight till the end. But that is always the... They're striving thing with libertarians. They're like, well, yeah, you know, because you can do whatever you want to your body. So I can smoke weed, right? <laughs> got it. You got my vote. <laughs> <sighs> but people also think – another person said to me, he's like, I'm thinking about voting for Gary Johnson so I could take votes away from Trump. And I'm like, what? No. Oh. <laughs> I go, are you out of your fucking mind? Have you ever heard of a guy called Ralph Nader? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how he blew it and how he got Trump or Bush for another four years? Well, yeah. that's something uh, the mil millennials would have to answer that no. They've never heard of Ralph Nader. No, yeah. <laughs> that's true. You're right. <laughs> do, go back get, to history class, yeah. <laughs> did he get replaced by Jill Stein? Uh, yes. Okay. Eh. Although I don't know who ran last year for the Green Party. I think it was Jill Stein. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, it's been Jill Stein, I think, for a while. And again, so there are parts of the Green Party that I can get behind. Sure. But not all of it. They're just not prepared. No. <laughs> yeah. woefully underprepared. Uh, yeah, I honestly don't really know a lot about Jill Stein, but I know that Gary Johnson is not the third party. Everyone's like, <laughs> you know, you got to make a point. You got to 
you, you know, you got to get it out there that we need a third party, so I'm going to vote for him. I'm like, now is not the time to play in that game. And why don't we start at <laughs> president? Right. Why don't we start at local and representatives <laughs> right. at the states? Yes. At and I go on top of that, I go, <laughs> Gary Johnson is not the fucking guy. No. <laughs> I, that's that's a really good point. There, why why do we have to start at the mo- at the riskiest yeah. possible <laughs> level? Like I'm with Karen. If you think you can fly, try taking off from the ground first. Don't jump out that window. <laughs> Look into local government. Look into state government. Come on, people. Can't we revisit this third party thing in four years? Yeah. yeah. Not- oh my goodness. So I just I had to look this up. Two thousand well, it was Ralph Nader in ninety six and two thousand. It was in two thousand four. It was David Cobb, who I don't even remember. <laughs> two thousand eight was Cynthia McKinney. Same. I have no recollection of this whatsoever. Nope. But then in two thousand twelve, it was Jill Stein. Okay. Two thousand and four, it wasn't Nader. No, it was David Cobb. Oh, I thought he blew it for Kerry. He wasn't. He's not green. He was just independent. Was he? I don't know. Maybe he ran as independent then. Maybe yeah. because right. I, I distinctly remember Bill Maher and Michael Moore begging him not to run oh, that yeah. year on Bill Maher's show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That <laughs> happened, yeah. Well, they knew. They knew that he was going to ruin it. He had, yeah. enough, he had a high enough percentage that he was ruining it, and he did. Yeah. I don't think he's ever backed down about that either. I think he still, to this day, says it wasn't a mistake. No, he went in that night, and he never has since. No. I mean, really, I mean, listen, if there was, that's what they really, like, and I kept saying to this person, I'm like, I'm like, if there was really a solid third party candidate, hmm. I would really get behind that in another election. But I go, Gary Johnson is such a goon. Yeah. Like, this guy <laughs> is horrible. And he's, he's so uninformed and so woefully inadequate for the position. Not even thinking it's about It's shocking Trump. that they picked, yeah. that was the best they had. Yeah. Well, his vice presidential is, is way better. He knows a hell of a lot more. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that we saw something a few months ago and it, the two of them were on stage together and they basically tag teamed all the answers. The, the vice presidential candidate, who has a name I don't remember, um, actually knew more than Gary did. Well, at least he can start smoking weed again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she might as well start now, Gary. <laughs> Mellow out, dude. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, he's not as sober as he claims. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, people, I heard somebody saying the other day that um, smoking weed on a daily basis, oh, it was Bill Maher, does not affect you. I don't know that that's true. I don't know that it is either. Um, my only argument to that affect is- Affect you or permanently affect you? Permanently. I don't know that it permanently affects you. I don't know either. However, I know a couple people that started smoking weed every day when they were young, like in high school, mm. and uh, I don't know if they changed their personality because of who they were hanging out with or their personality changed because of all the weed. I, I don't know, but it has not had a good effect on their lives. <laughs> or is it, I mean, I, I would be willing to, you know, say that it, they smoke weed because they are the way they are. Maybe it's just yeah. a personality type. It, it, that's, that's what, what I, I was going to say. It's quite right, possible, the, yeah. yeah. The type of person that would commit to smoking daily amounts of weed, <laughs> uh, not that optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I would say that, like, and I, I've known, I know a lot of people who smoke a lot of weed, and the ones that are, like, consistently smoking all day mm. because they just need to just come off as retarded because they're high all the time. Sure. But, like, the ones I've seen who are like, no, uh, sometimes I like to go home and I like to relax and I like to smoke weed are productive people and don't seem affected by it at all. Right. Well, yeah, I it's, think – I mean, listen, I can – I like to drink and have a couple drinks and go out, but if I drank all day – 
Oh, yeah. That'd be different. I, I get nothing done. <laughs> yeah. My only argument is, and I have no, there's no science to back it up, is that possibly smoking before your brain has fully d- developed and smoking on a regular basis while oh, you're still sure. developing. Yeah. I think- for sure. If you start before, you know, the age that, that we deem appropriate for drinking. 21. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I would say that's the same thing should be uh, – should be held in effect for weed. Your, your cerebral cortex is not fully developed until 19 or 20. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's, you know, anytime before that, you can, you can do some serious, not serious, but, you know, it's it, much more so. Right. Yeah. yeah. And again, you're talking like constant use at yeah. that age, not, Cope, hey, I experimented with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I, I think we've, uh, we've talked enough politics. Sure. Mm-hmm. I did want to, we, we said we were going to talk about the Amish. Mm hmm. And so I think I think we're just going to dive into that. If anybody does have any comments about, you know, Trump and current political everything, feel free to leave a message. Uh, <laughs> ProfaneArgument.com. But so they as all- of right now, we are going to work one and a half times as hard as the English. Mm-hmm. It was an Amish <laughs> reference. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're the English. I forgot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me is the English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually it's just you, yeah. but not this time. Okay, I'm on board. That is, it took me a second, but yeah, the Amish <laughs> refer to anyone who's not Amish as English. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to go through a quick rundown of some beliefs that the Amish have, uh, and feel free to interject anytime. The first thing that I ran into was, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, something called the the Ordnung. Mm. Yeah, I am familiar with that. Okay. Again, for the same reason that you are. I, I had, you know, doing homework and, and doing my research and, and that a lot of their traditions are passed down orally. Right. And not even not just only given orally, but not not given as a set of rules, but just this is how we live our life. And if you ever question it, it's this is how we live our life, because right. we we believe that this is how God wants us to live our life. But it's not even a as they're growing up, they're they're told a set of rules. It's just a matter of this, you know, showing them this is how we do things. Show, right. Showing your kids this is how things are done, and this is how you will continue to do it. And it, yeah, that's that's what they call the ordnung. But the ordnung does vary in the different areas of the country. I don't, I don't yes. know if you call them sects of, of Amish because they're not really very organized. Um, they don't have a central authority. They don't have you know uh, dioceses and parishes and things like that. Well, rough, mainly because they don't have a way to communicate between communities. So, right. yeah, the Ordnung is going to be slightly different between communities right. because, yeah, they don't use phones. They don't use electricity, no internet, no TV. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, no vehicles, no cars, no motorized vehicles. Smoke singles? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Although I don't think that, for the same reason. Is that reason. too, too right. much technology, a smoke signal? <laughs> I don't I think, think it works as well as people think. Uh. They, they live a little too far apart, yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, so some of their beliefs, they are Baptists. They do believe in baptism, but they're Anabaptists, which a lot of Protestants are. The, basically, that just means that you may or, an Anabaptist may or may not baptize a baby, but they believe that when somebody comes of age and they can actually make the decision to become baptized, that's when they should be baptized. Okay. So that so you didn't have it in the list here. So that is where the Rumspringa comes in to their sure. in, into the Amish because before you actually become baptized in the church when you turn eighteen or whatever, and I think it's, it's sixteen. It varies. It seems yeah. The reading I was doing, it's like sixteen to twenty-one, depending on how Amish or Mennonite or somewhere in between you are. 
or possibly how mature the individual is. Right. Sure. But the rumspringa is the period when you, you know, are you have a little bit of freedom and you go a little wild and wild, you know, for Amish is not actually that wild, but <laughs> <laughs> Well but you are allowed to go out and uh, mingle with the English. Yep. Uh, right. which is everybody else. And go to a bar and you know, live 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 it up for a while. Sure. Within reason, yeah. Right. Now, my understanding is that a lot of the Amish, a lot of the young Amish, choose to just not do this mm. and just oh. just stay in their communities. That was what I was going to ask. Do you have to do it or can no. you just opt out and stay? No. Yeah. It is your opportunity to experience the outside world if you wish to do so. Do we have any numbers on how many come back? No. No, but <laughs> I would say it's an enormous percentage. Yeah. I would say it's ninety to ninety-five at, at low. Yeah, that come back. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. It is. It is hard to leave everything you know and have ever known behind yeah, for sure. for TV and video games. Right, and keep in mind that if you do leave, that goes into you know race. Second point on here is that you will be separated from your family and everybody that you know for the rest of your life. You're right. an SP, right? Suppressive person? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, right. not quite, but very similar. Very similar to uh, what the Jehovah's Witness, we we, talk, we spoke about that. They're completely excommunicated from the community at that point. Yep. Now, with that being said, the Amish are very forgiving. And if you come back and say repent. that you – yeah, basically come back, repent, get rebaptized, they will accept you back in. Mm. Oh, that's nice of them. But it, it's all or nothing. You, you got to be sure. Yeah, for absolutely. One thing that I've never been able to uncover, as far as their shunning of technology and modern existence, is where the cutoff point is and why it is where it is. You know, because in a sense, everything is technology. A horse pulling a buggy is technology. Mm. That is better than riding on just the horse. That is better than a horse. Or then, you know, someone, a person pulling the sled. <laughs> a hammer is technology, right? Absolutely. Or Maybe if it- living in a house instead of a cave is technology, so. It just seems to be anything related to electricity they have an issue with. Well, <laughs> well even electricity, though. I mean, you, you, they often have those, you know, the windmills. That's not like to mill corn or anything. That's to generate electricity. They Correct. generate their own. They just can't be attached to the grid. That's exactly the point. So the idea is they don't they don't get cars and they don't get electricity and they don't get TV because that every single aspect of that connects them to the outside world. Mm. And it, that in their mind, and this is what I've read, the outside world then comes into their community more. Okay, so it's not so much technology; it's anything that would that links you. To outside of the community. Correct. Because if ah. basically if you are outside of the community, you are you're kind of flirting with the devil. You're flirting right. with the secular life. That is some next level fucking brainwashing, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because some of them will use like they'll use cell phones in the pursuit of business opportunities. So right. a lot of them are cabinet makers and you know they work with their hands. Um and so they'll have a cell phone to do business and it'll stay in the woodshed and when they're done working for the day they turn it off and it stays out there. It is it has purpose and it has a a function, but it is not for in the house. It's not for living your life. Leisure. It's, yeah, it's it's for doing work. 
And in some cases, they don't even go that far. They'll have a an analog phone line come in from the grid, and it'll land in the center of the community, mm. and the entire community can use that if need be. But it is, yeah, again, it is. it would have a specific purpose, not for leisure, not for calling neighbors. <laughs> Uh, you might get to this. I don't know because I didn't glance at the list because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> uh, where do they fall on medical treatment then? Well, um, that is a really good question. I'm not sure that I uh, – for the most part, they, they take care of themselves. Yeah. But I would imagine for – for major issues. I was going to say, for a major issue, they, I, I also with Ray, I'm confident that they reach out to the medical community for help. They do. Yeah. They don't have insurance though. And, um, they do have money because they, you know, like I said, cabinet makers and farmers and different things. So. Right. It, it, they do partake of uh, English medicine. Yes. But it is okay. limited and uh, only when they need to. So life threatening. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, for example, if some jackal hits your buggy with a car, which happens way too often, you know, then yes, they do. Okay, right, not not, but not for routine things like like childbirth and and things like that. But then again, I gotta wonder, like, what about for other routine things like dentistry or yeah, and dentistry? Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I imagine they got their own. Yeah, I, I I I would imagine yes that they that is within the community. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if their dentists and doctors go to medical school and then come back. Wonder how that works. Curious. I would find that highly unlikely. Mm. So right, I, well, this I assume, list better get crazy. <laughs> what? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I assume it's an apprenticeship. Like I mm. assume that at one point they had a dentist. The dentist taught the next dentist, and that, and so on and so forth. Mm. Isn't that against the law, though, to practice any kind of like medical treatment without a license? Well, the, the, uh, the Amish uh, have yeah, quite a lot of exceptions, though. Right. Oh, they get the, okay. Yeah. So, for example, they don't pay social security taxes, and they don't. Get pull. Social Security benefits. Right. Um, so they, they have opted out of a number of different things. They don't have to send their children to regular schools. They have their own schools, which – Yeah, correct. A big control factor. Right. And I'm sure the Amish Definitely. dentist does not see patients outside of the community. Oh, no. No. <laughs> so I think that, that helps as a workaround. I got a great a Amish around. dentist. <laughs> <laughs> I suck on a, so- a whiskey-soaked rag. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no alcohol. But, <laughs> but I know that they uh, – you know, they often – Utilize uh, services outside of their community if if need be. Uh, I have a cousin. She is uh, she's a breeder. So and some of her biggest clients are are the Amish in the area. She goes from from farm to farm inseminating their cows. Ah, okay. And horses and and whatever else needs it. You said breeder, and I was a little confused as to what she oh, read. But sorry, <laughs> she's she's a she is an animal breeder. Thank you. Yeah, you don't want to know where my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?" Well, I'm thinking, you know, dogs, cows. I couldn't figure out where you were going, but no, that makes sorry. sense. Sorry, yeah. yes, horses, <laughs> horses, and cattle. Okay. So again, I, I have to say, I hope this list gets crazier because so far, this is pretty tame shit. It is actually pretty tame for the most part, right? I mean, other than other than the extreme isolationist lifestyle that they lead, which is right. which puts it way up there in its own. Mm. The other things, I agree, aren't terribly. I love the fact that they don't. That they're not evangelical. Mm, yeah, they never preach. Right. They never try to convert you. So uh, they couple, don't want to. <laughs> yeah. A couple things that uh, that came up during the discussion just now. I did a little bit of research. The the medical practice. Um, it, it again that varies highly between communities. So you'll have communities that will completely shun going to the doctor unless you know life critical. Then they will. You'll have people who. Uh, even go regularly, do the once a year checkup kind of thing. Mm. Wow. So it, it varies wildly 
between communities. And also, uh, apparently, the drinking of alcohol varies wildly between communities as yeah. well. There are some that it's only allowed during the Rumspringa, and then there are others where they make their own wine, but getting drunk has high penalties within the community. Not like jail time or anything, but again, you can be shunned, outcast a little bit. Well, shame. Sure, but a a little little wine's good for you every now and again. (laughs) Keep your cholesterol down. Is shocking me about this is that the movie Kingpin... It's probably quite factual when it comes to this religion. <laughs> because after all that shit that Randy Quaid did, they took him back yeah. at the end. You know? And all the stuff that uh, Munson had done. They're like, no, Brother Munson, you you come with us. I'm like, no, they'd never do that. But apparently they would. Apparently they would. Yeah, they're very, yeah, they're they're very the forgiving, brothers. especially of, of people who come from their communities. Now, in uh, contradiction to that, they are not very accepting of anyone coming from the outside. Right. And that is almost universal in any Amish community. Uh, bringing produces- somebody in is really difficult. And it, co- and it has caused problems, too. Um, yes. There's something called uh, genetic drift and the founder effect, which I ran into. Because this, these communities are based on like 200 families from hundreds of years ago, they have big genetic problems. And yeah. the founder effect <laughs> is that any disease that was that existed and the original population gets magnified with every generation because you're not interbreeding with anybody else. Right. So no new people, everybody's intermarried, and they've got they've got some genetic issues co- moving forward. And actually, that brings us to the, t- the <laughs> subject that people were going to ask about, which is Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer, if you don't know who he is, um, is uh, Mini-Me. He's, he was the smallest person for a very long time. Um, he is, I don't know what kind of uh, small person he is. There's a specific term for he's his dwarfism. Yeah, he's also a very funny guy. <laughs> but he is actually born Amish. And oh. Yeah. His uh, parents left when he was a child, but they he he was raised Amish until, I don't know how old he was, but um, in Centerville, Michigan. So, And it's funny because I could not find any other famous person that was Amish. Oh, I know one. Yeah? Sort of famous was uh, that nut job that fucked Jesse <laughs> James when he, when he was married to Sandra Bullock. What was her name? Whoa. Oh, who the Hooters McBoob or something like that? <laughs> yeah, she had a weird name like like Bombshell like, Mc, Bombshell McGee, right? Wasn't that her name? What? I don't think that's yeah, her real that name. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, no, I don't like, think that's her real name either. But I do, I because I, I was going to call her Tits McGee, and I'm like, that's not right either. But <laughs> Bombshell McGee Wiki. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a scary click. <laughs> Holy yes, tattoos! That is her name. Uh, hold on one second. I'm finding. I'm pretty sure she she was raised Amish. Now she's Bombshell McGee. Come on. Any well, so yes, Vern Troyer. Yeah, tattoos, Jesus. Um <laughs> Bombshell McGee, evidently, are uh the only two famous people that have ever made it out of the Amish. <laughs> uh, all right, so Vern Troyer it is. <laughs> Vern yeah. Troyer. Yeesh. I might be wrong about this bombshell McGee thing. I haven't seen anything about her being uh raised Amish. <laughs> Maybe maybe it was Mennonite. It's not quite as uh, strict. <laughs> but yeah, Vern, he used to have to carry wood, feed the cows and pigs and the farm animals. And somewhere, and I couldn't find it. If I can find it, we'll link it on the webpage. There's a picture of him uh, in a driving a little cart with a pony. It is probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I couldn't find it, so I'll, I'll see if I can dig it up. So apparently, yes, she was raised Amish. Yeah. Oh, she was. Yeah. She was. Yes. See, I'm reading another article that someone says she was not in any, um, she was not in an Amish community or dressed like the Amish. Hmm. Okay, now the one I'm reading says McGee was raised Amish. Oh. She grew up in a very conservative Amish household. However, she left the church at 16, moving to California to pursue her dreams of becoming a tattoo enthusiast <laughs> and a homewrecker. <laughs> yeah, so and she, she never looked back. This was a quote. She said almost the exact same thing. Quote, my parents are very conservative. I grew up Amish. I left the church when I was 16 years old and never looked back. My parents don't talk to me, but that's okay. So she left at Rumspringer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Vern Troyer, he left, um, his parents left when he was a child, so evidently that does happen. But, I mean, he, he's actually, he displays a type of dwarfism. It's, you know, cartilage hair, hypoplasia dwarfism that is prevalent in the Amish community because of the inbreeding. So that's a problem. Right. Are they doing, do they plan on, are they concerned about this or they don't yes. even know? <laughs> so the one thing that I read, and I can't find it right now, but basically, so the, uh, several communities have started doing things differently. On the Sabbath, they will, every other week, they go to their local service. And then on the opposing weeks, they will go to another community mm. and they will change up the community so that they will interact with communities outside of their own. They're still Amish, but they will interact with different people and therefore get different relationships. But they really need to branch out, you know, state to state because the Pennsylvania Amish is 200 families. They need to branch out to Ohio and to Michigan. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. (laughs) That's a long buggy trip, Karen. I was going to say, how much travel do you think you can do on a horse and buggy? But otherwise, yeah, they're, they're going to have some problems going forward. And it's weird. The other problem that I think they have is that, I mean, so their religion was started, I don't remember, 1800s, I think, something like that, when their lifestyle was not that much different than everybody else's lifestyle. Right. Right. But their lifestyle now is really different from everybody else's lifestyle. And it's not going to get any better. This separation and this difference is only going to get worse and there's kind of be a breaking point when it doesn't it's not sustainable anymore i can't i wish i had a time machine where i could revisit this in a thousand years and see what kind of mm. the hills have eyes the amish <laughs> have become <laughs> yeah i mean what's the yeah, what is the future i mean increased genetic issues and a separation from the rest of society are, are, are they becoming the um the the, the native population of you know of south america that is completely isolated and doesn't have any contact with the modern world i don't know i don't think so because i mean like we said a, a couple of weeks ago we we had amish show up here and take take down several trees they were driven in in a truck yep by yeah. you know by the person hiring them to do the work like I, there's a whole lot of interaction actually i uh i hired an amish uh guy to uh when i owned a home uh <laughs> i hi- i hired uh i hired an amish guy to come in and uh fix my sidewalk i did a little bit of you know looking around to see who who i could get uh, fairly cheap because i mm-hmm. didn't have any money and mm-hmm. uh yeah he, they came in and did a great job and it was basically one guy and his son and so i mean it and they had a phone number and mm-hmm. i found him on a website <laughs> so there's a whole lot of interaction with society still. Right. It's- Absolutely. Yeah, but th- there's no intermarrying, though. Correct. Yeah, right. There, you're right. There is a huge genetic issue. However, as far as the isolationism goes, they will continue to adapt to make it you know, more reasonable. Hmm. I mean, even the small changes, they absolutely, when I, uh, you know, have to travel, you know, here in the Pennsylvania area, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've added 
lights and safety measures right. to their buggies because of, you know, a combination of both, uh, you know, laws and they're tired of their children being killed by crazy drivers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, according to the religion, if the Amish could build their own power plant, they would. Sure. Right. And they'd have electricity and they'd have all the modern conveniences we had as long as it came through them. I wonder if they buy solar panels. You can't. That comes through us, right? Mm. If they don't build it themselves, right? Yeah. Because they can build a windmill, but they can't build a solar panel. Interesting. The other thing I don't like about them is puppy mills. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So a lot of the puppy mills and – puppy mills are a really big problem in Pennsylvania. These are, you know, animals kept in cages, never go outside, just, you know, breed until they die. Horrible conditions, dirty, um, not socialized animals. And a lot of them are run by the Amish. And it's interesting because um, they treat puppies and dogs just like people treat chickens and pigs because they are livestock to them. And really, why is one better than the other? Well, I hate chickens, so I'm really not (laughs) the right person to ask on that. Um, The cuteness of the animal should not make a difference in how humanely you treat it. Yeah, but I hate chickens because they're just (laughs) bastards. They're they're mean. They're they're nasty. They're disgusting. They right. What about- uh, I think the difference is that uh, Americans do not recognize dogs as a source of food. Mm. So, therefore, and yeah, and they're they are the classic pet. Yes, their true. affection and uh, unconditional love and loyalty, <laughs> you know, are pretty much beyond reproach. So, mm. by that logic, they deserve better treatment than something you hope to eat soon. <laughs> I think it was best said in Pulp Fiction. Personality goes a long way. Mm. <laughs> but I find it it's interesting that the Amish don't consider them any different. They are a means to an end. Right. They're food or money. Right. So other beliefs that they have, they do, this is one thing that won't go over well with anybody here. They (laughs) believe that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant word of God. So I, yeah, I don't know how you can ever think that. I mean, obviously they can't get on the internet and do any, any research about it, (laughs) but I mean, there are contradictions. Do they... Do they interpret the Bible the same way the idiots in the rest of the country do? You know, like, do they hate gay people and such? Hmm. So I don't know that I would call it hatred, but yeah, the act of uh, homosexuality, being homosexual, you can't, yeah, that's that's right out. So they did interpret it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's not really a... <laughs> it's not really a big interpretation when it says mm. that it's an abomination. <laughs> um, it's kind of kind of clear cut, actually. <laughs> oh, really? I thought it was some kind of again. I don't I don't read these things <laughs> like you, Ray. <laughs> well, it, it, I don't it, just pick up the Quran and be like, "I'm gonna check this shit." Out. <laughs> the, the, the big quote, I commend you for it though, because I'm too lazy to do it. <laughs> the big quote is uh, that uh, man shall not lie with a man. That is an abomination before God. Oh, okay. So I didn't catch the abomination part. I always thought it said something about man will not lie with man. I was like, that's kind of vague, you know. Does it say anything what does about, that mean? Does, what about women lying with women? It does not say anything about that. Does <laughs> and that's why Dick Cheney's okay with his daughter. <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting difference, though. Why is one evil and one not? And well, don't, I, I, you know, porno aside. <laughs> because because you have to remember that the Bible was written by all men. Women sure. weren't literate in the Iron Age, so yeah. uh, it wasn't even – I don't think it was even considered. Hmm. Maybe homosexuality know. between men was more rampant back then. <laughs> well, it, uh, you know, a lot of military, yeah, that's very true. So it, not so much as a um, – it, it was more of a power and control, I think, in the in the military than it is in the general population, but – 
Yes, I think it is was more prevalent male on male, definitely. Uh, another thing that they uh, they believe eternal security. So the concept, a lot of Catholics have this. The concept that well, all I have to do is go and apologize to a priest, and I'm fine. You know, you go and you give confession, you take communion, you're set. Uh, you're going to heaven. So th they call that eternal security, and they are zealous. The Amish are zealous about humility. Uh, they hold that the belief in eternal security is a sign of arrogance, and uh, therefore you're automatically not going to heaven. <laughs> so if you believe that you're going to heaven, you're not going to heaven. <laughs> oh. So confusing. you have to live your – well, this this contains people as well, though. You have to live your life in the Amish fashion – and if you don't, then you're you're ex exhibiting hubris, and you're going to hell. <laughs> so, so you have to be, you know, have humility twenty four seven. Do they think that ever everybody else, all the English, are going to hell? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. So heaven and hell are literal places. They are real places. Heaven is a reward for those who believe in Christ and follow the church's rules. Hell awaits those who reject Christ as savior and live as they please. But it's not their it's not their responsibility to save anyone. Right. Good on them. Well, at least they keep to themselves, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um no. yeah, as opposed to most Christian denominations seeking converts and spreading the gospel, they they used to apparently when when it originally started, but became it became less and less of a priority and it's really just not done today. They don't evangelize at all. Yeah. We're all irredeemable. <laughs> so what's the deal with the with the beards? <laughs> So the beards is the beards is an easy answer. Mm. Beards are mentioned in many places in the Bible. And in some places it says not to trim the beard. It talks about uh, the now I'm going to lose the story, but there is a there's a story where the person is uh, being anointed with oil, and it, it says that, you know, they are the, a very pious person, so the oil, like, you know, goes down their face and into their beard, and they shouldn't wash their beard out because they're, this is a, this is a good thing. Ew. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the oil's rather pleasant smelling. But in any case, uh, so. Right, it's not motor oil. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Okay. So the idea behind the beard is all of the really pious people who are mentioned in the Bible, if, it's, if anything about them is mentioned, they had a beard. So they believe that they should grow beards. Here's the question, though. Why do they shave off their mustache? Because mm. most Amish men will have a full, big, dwarven beard. <laughs> right. And no mustache whatsoever. And th uh, the only thing I could find, and this is on, um, well, I'll link it on the website, is that they believe that mustaches were used, they were used by a lot of military people. So in the military, it's been, I don't know if it's been the entirety of the American since the Civil War, at least I think. The mustache is the only facial hair you can grow in the military. Sure. And to disassociate okay. themselves with the military, they huh. decided to shave their mustaches. So it's part of Ordnung. Yeah, it's just, it's part of, that's that's how it's done, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's the only reason I could find of them shaving the mustache is because <laughs> they just don't want to be uh, don't want to be like the military. So r remind me again what so Muslims also don't shave their beards, don't trim their beards. Correct. What is that? Do they have mustaches? They trim their mustaches, yeah. but they don't shave them. Right. Okay. Yeah, because having a mustache that's really long and gets in the way of eating is just gross. 
Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't I don't have any idea about that, but they do trim mustache. Uh, but uh, Mohammed specifically said not to trim the edges of your beard. Okay. So their beards are full and wide. And so yeah. the, the beard thing is is similar in origin then. Yes, I believe okay. so. OK, interesting. Hmm. But I guess before Rum Springer, they, they do shave because no teenage boy's beard is. Yes, you're not actually allowed. <laughs> you're not allowed in most communities. You're not allowed to have a beard yep. until you're married. Oh, okay. But I'm guessing you get baptized and then married in quick succession and start making more. I don't know that Amish. that's true, but I think it's encouraged. Okay. So given all this, I mean, we didn't do a, you know, the, the what is the best thing? What is the worst thing? But no, there there really wasn't that. I mean, really, it's obvious. The craziest thing is that they aren't on the grid. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no competition there. Most of the rest of, of it just falls under standard Christianity. Right. And, and they mind their own business. And, you know, they, they put on roofs on houses in the area and they do good sidewalk work, et cetera. So that's fine. Yeah. Dynamite quilters. Dynamite quilters. Yes. Uh. But I would say I, w- I would like to to propose a the worst thing about them is the way because of the separation of their society there is no escape for their children. Correct. That's the worst part of it. All right, let's let's have a little bit of discussion then because the one thing that we didn't touch on yet and I'd, there's not a whole lot. Well, we kind of touched on crime and policing, mm. but so they pretty much police themselves and don't involve external law enforcement. Mm -hmm. They operate as a patriarchal society. However, sex abuse has been known to occur, including incest and pedophilia. Mm. But for basically all intents and purposes, it's impossible to tell how bad the problem is because it's always handled inside the community. Mm -hmm. Sure. And the punishment for confessing to rape is that the the rapist is banned from church activities for six weeks. Wow. Wow. That's harsh. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Okay. So there are sexual degenerates in that population. Just by statistical analysis, you know that there are. Right. Okay. Is nobody clean? (laughs) (laughs) Even the Amish are fucking psychos? The the Amish (laughs) even say that they are more concerned with the person being honest about what they have done than the actual crime itself. So they they would rather someone came forward and say that they raped someone or that they touched a kid than have it happen and nobody say anything. That's worse. Okay, that's how many times though? Yeah, yeah. Can you just repeat? Right, but but that's what when when does when does the crime you know become worse than than dishonesty? Like, yeah how how many how many weeks of church does Ezekiel the rapist miss? Before they're like Jebediah, but sure. (laughs) So, so there was one public instance that I could find that was uh, Chester Mast. Uh, He was excommunicated three times for the rape of his younger cousins. After after uh, excommunicated three times, it was reported to the local police, and he was arrested. All right, so some groups at least will reach out to the external to the English and say, "Yeah, how many times?" Yeah, that was being excommunicated three three times. Now (sighs) remember that I said that the punishment is yes. So no church activities for six weeks. I don't know what you have to do to get excommunicated, but whatever. Three times. Three times. (laughs) Yeah, three times. Yeah. Wow. All right, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's worse than, you know, trapping your children. Okay. And it's a good thing that they're really skeptical about letting outsiders in because every pedophile would be like, well, shit, if they're going to police their own community and my only uh-huh. 
punishment is I don't have to go to their stupid ass church, which I don't believe in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There was one case in Pennsylvania that I saw of another big case. They got um, some coverage, and I can't find the guy's name now. But there was a case of a murderer and within an Amish community, and that was brought to the local police. But it was he. This dude, one, he he beat his wife all the time, and apparently she came to him and said that she was going to the elders to talk about it, and he snapped, and in front of his kids, tore, tore her apart. Oh. Gutted her, piled her, all of her organs in a pile in the corner of the kitchen, and uh, and left. So when the kids ran off... And told people, they they called the police and this guy, I think he was sentenced to like 60 years to life or something like that. Wow. Yeah. It was a it was a rather horrendous case. Yeah. But uh, the only case of, of murder within an Amish community that, that I could had found. Hmm. So Yeah, I mean, just statistically, there are going to be people that are depraved in the community. So, you know, it has to happen. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Thus proving that it's it's got to be a psychological thing that even in an Amish community, this shit happens. Well, you know, like it's not just us deviants. <laughs> you know, you live this wholesome lifestyle and you still get pedophiles and murderers. Yeah. I wonder if it's it, it's lower. I mean, it, it is such a religious well, the, well, there's community. there's less of them. <laughs> it, true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The percentages have to be lower because the numbers are dramatically lower. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, all right. I guess I will be curious. Tell tell me more about Mennonites versus Amish. Mm. A summary. Why 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 are they less Amish than the Amish? Tell me more. <laughs> so basically, my answer is going to be yeah, yeah. They're a little okay. less Amish than the Amish. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're Anabaptists as well. Yes. Basically, the Amish and the Mennonites come from the same idea, the same background but there was a guy i think his last name was amnon something like that but in any case the amish broke away because they thought that uh the other the other amish at the you know, the, the other people at the time right. were being a little bit too friendly with the english mm. uh so the amish split away and became amish named after this guy i believe his name was amnon amnon yeah but so the amish are basically they they split and became more amish okay so the mennonites are they vary wildly some mennonites are very much like the amish and other mennonites you would never even know they were mennonite Mm. drive cars have regular day jobs uh but they still believe in humility right in fact there is a uh, mennonite organization in state college that is uh just now starting to open up a it's called a Ten Thousand villages which is a um from crafts person to the person purchasing the product instead of going through you know multiple middlemen so it's handcrafted goods and they're trying to okay. they're trying to open up a store in state college i've seen them before it's it's a lot of christmas um decorations stuff like that but it's usually pretty cool sure handmade all right and this is this is mennonite theme it is a mennonite thing and it's okay. the guy that's running it it actually uh, we used to work with at the university no had no idea that he was mennonite no idea would never have guessed Right. And it, now, is that specifically because he is a man? Because I have seen, mm. and I've just assumed they were Mennonites, uh, you know, out in, in public, out at restaurants. As a matter of fact, I can only assume I was spending time with you and Ray, because in this particular memory, <laughs> the Bowsers are also there. Mm. And we are at a steak restaurant, and couple walks in, and the guy's in cargo shorts, some sort of, you know, generic t-shirt with a logo on it, and the woman is wearing... Wearing a bonnet and, you know, full 
like super plain, you know, Amish style attire. Mm. The, the little net bonnet thing, I think, is the dead giveaway for the women. Yeah, they can be in various dress, but yeah, it's usually fairly covering for the Mennonite women. It, right. It, it is a a throwback religion, so it's going to be sexist and it's going to be unequal just by its definition. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, I, I guess that's why I was curious yeah. if 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 that is the fact, and that that's why you the guy the the gentleman that you know could go undetected as a Mennonite because yes. it's cool to do whatever you want if you're a dude. But there are some certain certain rules of modesty, or I'm sure that you have to adhere to if you're a female. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just living in this area, you see a lot of women with fairly modest dress and little net. Hat thing, so yeah, you're absolutely right. The men just don't are not noticed. Shocking. Yeah. Gotta cover up us sin creators. That's what I we had are. A, uh, <laughs> a friend in uh, well through junior high school and high school who was Mennonite, and she one of the requirements she wore the head the little silky head thing every day. But the other thing was she had to wear a dress, mm. and, and and that was just a requirement. Had to wear a dress every day. You could never wear pants you could never wear shorts it was always a dress hmm. it could be a nice dress it could be a plain dress it all over the place but uh dress. yeah so i did See, actually God, I'm following your rules yeah i'm extremely uncomfortable it's hot as shit out yeah <laughs> but i'm following your rules i'm going to heaven right well, dresses, you wanted me to wear this dress <laughs> well dresses are actually quite nice when it's warm out they swish and make a breeze so that's not a problem <laughs> <laughs> all right good point so what about uh, the bonnet <laughs> the bonnet no the fussy. So Mennonite and Amish, it, it went back way further. So apparently Mennonites can trace their roots to the Anabaptist movement, which was in 1525. Mm. Oh. So they're, they're uh, way older than I was originally thinking. But the separation between Mennonites and Amish happened in 1693. And Jeez. then they didn't actually uh, – the, the groups – didn't come to America in force until sometime during the 18th century. Mm. So, so there you go. Date wise, it's uh, goes quite a ways back in, in American history. And wow. and I think we all know this, but just in case there's anybody out there that doesn't know, there's nothing to do with um, the Netherlands. This is not Dutch. This is Deutsch. This is German. <laughs> <laughs> they are Switzerland and Germany, and the edge of Switzerland and Germany. That is where this. Anabaptist religion first came up. Nothing to do with Netherlands at all. <laughs> all yeah. this time and not one of them invented a solar panel? <laughs> so, so yeah, with that, they do – the one thing that we missed in the bringing up of the kids, they do, uh, they do teach the kids English and Pennsylvania Dutch. And Pennsylvania Dutch is basically a, a offspring of German. Mm. So most of them are bilingual. Cool. Yeah. And the other thing that we didn't mention is their faceless, creepy dolls. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty creepy. <laughs> they make dolls without faces because they think faces indicates that they have like an idol or mm. something. And okay. so they make it without a face and it's just creepy. Well, that's all, it's always one thing that surprises me about the um, Central Pennsylvania Festival of the, of the Arts. There's always a couple of photographers that have taken a ton of pictures of the Amish. The Amish really don't like that you take their pictures. No. They, graven images, there's all that stuff wrapped up in it. And if you, it, a lot of them, they look angry <laughs> in the pictures. There's a reason it's because they don't like their pictures taken. So it, it goes with the dolls. You don't put a face on things. You don't, you know, there's no mirrors in their houses. There, you, you don't, there's, there's no, you have to be modest. You cannot be concerned about the way that you look at all in any way. 
And I Look just, at me, God. I'm not looking at myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just have to mention it because I've been around too many Amish people. They also don't care about the way they smell. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> well, no one's invented deodorant yet. If they could invent it themselves, they'd use it, right? <laughs> That's likely just the case, yeah. It's just... Right. It's because all natural deodorant doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and I also, would... you don't have any hot water in your house because you don't have electricity to heat the water. So you take a bath once a week. Right. Before church on Sunday, probably. And, you yeah. know, it's heated up with kettles, etc. from the fire. So, yeah, you don't bathe as much. That's the way we used to live. It is. Yeah, it's probably better for your skin. Probably. Well, they they do take a lot of pride in their work. They they believe that the, what they can create with their hands, that, it, you know, it shows their – basically their, their lifelong obedience to God. They've learned how to do these things so well and it shows that off. And so they make some really good products and I'd probably buy more if they didn't smell so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to be, you know, too crude about it, but yeah. Oh, yeah, sometimes it's a bit much. Yeah. yeah, but their craftsmanship is excellent. It is. It really is. Yeah. All right. That's all I have. Does anybody have anything else? No. Other than as as we do this on a weekly basis, I just it, – it makes me – it's harder and harder for me to understand that why these religions are all so divisive because they're all exactly the same. I know. They're all exactly the – I was going to say goddamn same, but that's really <laughs> ironic. Uh, they're, they're just, they're, it's all, there's so much overlap. Why are you got, why is there so many divisions, even within religions that are exactly the same? Now, why are there so many sects of Christianity? Oh my God. Because the, the fight is figuring out what God wants and, and, and living by the rules so that you will go to heaven. And because you've figured out the rules, that means that everybody else is wrong and they're all going to hell. Yeah, but they yes. all have the same rules. Yeah. No variations fun. on a theme. Sure. No fun. Beat down your women. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, like you <laughs> think, Shut it. You think they'd all key. get together and go like, oh, you treat your women like shit too? So do we. <laughs> oh, shit. We got a lot in common. <laughs> uh, Wait. You can dress any way you want, but your women have to dress a very specific way no matter what the weather's like? We do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said before, it's a good thing your people are stronger. Otherwise, we'd kill you a long time ago. <laughs> All right. I think that's about all we have for this week. Yes? Hmm? Anyone? Truth. Truth. Okay. So that's – yeah, I think that's all that we're going to have for this week. Uh, If anybody has any comments or questions, want to know more about the Amish, maybe not ask us, but – (laughs) Uh, But we have done a little bit of research, so maybe we can answer it. Uh, Feel free to leave your question on ProfaneArgument.com. We would like to to hear from anyone if you have any comments. Uh, If you're interested in looking for other fun, pop culture-related mostly podcasts, (laughs) go to the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com. You can check out a whole bunch of different podcasts uh, with uh, Ian and Jared and myself, uh, the Prodigal Sons podcast with Ian and Jared, the Prime Defective, which is a Star Trek podcast with Jared and Brian, the Puzzle Warriors 3 with Ian, myself, and Craig. Papa Cassie. Hey, I refrain from commenting on the ones I was in. <laughs> Papa Cassie with Jason and David. I said it twice in a row. And a live YouTube stream with the pre- Fresher and Parlance, as well as, I I don't know, was it the first one? Longbox Heroes? Was that the first one? I don't know. The first one. Uh, they, they're kind of, they're, they were kind of our, our, our anchor, our flagship, if you will. Sure. Longbox Heroes and Longbox Heroes After Dark, where they talk about basically all things comics. Longbox Heroes After Dark goes, uh, sometimes it goes so little other things as well if you'd like to take a listen to those we'd appreciate it and i would like to uh thank you all for listening and until next time i am ray i'm karen 
I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you, good night, and may your God go with you.